Mikey Beats, how on earth did this happen? How did we wrangle Chris Martin, the Chris Martin? I'm not sure. You're uh, you're on speaking terms. I haven't spoken to him in a while, so I, I, you I overrate our relationship. <laughs> I should thank you. <laughs> you don't talk to any of us, do you? No, I, I do occasionally. I, yeah, I talk to you. You're hard to track down. You got choosy, right? What's that? You got choosy. No, no, no. I, got, I got busy. <laughs> Yeah, you, know. you look Did good. You, I feel good, man. You're mad fuckable. Look at you. Thank you. <laughs> oh man. Did you? Me. You? So you came in last. Me? So you know the dirty little secret of what's going on right here. Like, uh, as soon as he can't tell it's us, we are carjacking him immediately. <laughs> Holy shit! I didn't see the wheels. Oh, all it's right. nothing special. It's nothing special. No, it's fancy. <laughs> no, it's fancy. No, your clothes are fancy. Thank you. Yeah, it looked apart. Is this, How long has it been since you've spoken to a microphone and did a podcast? Uh, probably a year and a half. Year and a half. A year and a half, maybe not two. Year and a half. You know, without trying to figure that out, um, how many of you listen to in that same amount of time? Quite a few. I consume a lot of podcasts. I gotta listen to podcasts. I, I admittedly, I don't listen to any podcasts. You were in the room with the Neil deGrasse Tyson of podcasts. Really? No, that's no. Hey, I mean, it's, there's, there's no, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I, I turn my friends onto them over time. Like, mm. Hey, check this out. And then people get addicted and ah, some yeah. sort of a, a like a, a waypoint, you know, like right. for, for cl- podcasts. You are a gateway drug to gateway podcasting. Drug. Yeah. Or a maven. I like that. Yeah. Very nice. Mike, you got to start listening to something. I do. I really do. I guess I just listen to seventies soft rock, man. Yacht rock <laughs> and drink, you know, uh, white Russians. Yeah. Oh, man. That's absolutely. What have you been listening to lately? Lately, um, obviously Rogan's a staple, and then that'll send you off on the road. Sam Harris. Sam Harris is great. That's what you were sending around. We'll send that link around. What's that? We'll send that link around. You were sending that the around. The Sam Harris one? Yeah, trying yeah. to get us all warmed up. That didn't happen. Didn't happen. <laughs> so you still do the thing, though? You're like weaving through traffic, trying to get the three and a half millimeter thing into the thing so you can listen to the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's not dangerous at all. No, you do it before you start driving, obviously. When you're, when you're driving around a $150,000 car, you should consider that stuff. That is so fancy. He's, he's being facetious. <laughs> I, I drive a minivan. I'm proud of it because I don't get pulled over by cops. And I'm even proud of you because of what you had before. What did you have before? Taurus wagon. <laughs> that's oh, right. that's right. I remember that car. Yeah, yeah, Nothing yeah. says victory more than a Taurus wagon. Yeah, yeah. You had the family vehicle before the family. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely hung. It's obvious by what I drive. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> so it's been a, a long time since you podcast. You've listened to a ton of them. I have. You probably, I mean, in your mind, you've probably laid out 17, 18 episodes and not that Chris Martin that you'd no. like to have done. No, I haven't. Oh. my my. I, I like to listen to them, but I don't have time or the energy or the uh, drive to, to do my own. And you... um. What was happening before, and our four listeners probably have actually listened to an episode or two of Not That Chris Martin, because it, it, you know, there's been long gaps, so there's plenty of time to go into the back catalog and figure mm-hmm. stuff out. Um, this whole thing was your idea. Yeah, yeah. I had a lot of downtime. Decided to get together with some friends and try to put a podcast so easy, and then having someone like Dan and Andy that can, you know, understand the how to actually make one uh, was nice, but no, I didn't have the... And just get busy with life and don't have time to follow up with it and keep making them. So Dan, Andy, Mikey, Joe. myself, we're that second thought girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Oh man, great for a couple of weeks, but oh, hey man, just hey, what time is it? Snapchat me, honey. 
Anytime you want. But look at you know. guys. Now, how many of you guys put on on? I What's guess, funny is digital we lie about it. We totally lie about it. I think we're going to put this on. It's going to be FYA ten, and there's there, what? There's four of them. I really can't tell you. Uh, it's <laughs> less than half a dozen. I think it's less than ten. Def. Oh, uh, we have. Oh, this is the fourth one. This is the fourth one we did. I did some FYA with uh, Andy Boyden, with uh, Dan and those guys, and because you were on one, that's how you got this gig. Oh, Victory Lap, right? Ah, yes. Splashdown. That's right. That's Andy Reader Andy's house. Those but this are- is how the world works, right? Yeah. You have a brilliant idea, right? And then we tone it down to what our abilities can achieve. And just go with it. Yeah, then we tongue punch it. And then, that, <laughs> <laughs> and then you know, you go back to what you were doing, buying and selling third world countries. Yeah, right. And then um, we find time at five o'clock on a Tuesday to do stuff. Or Wednesday. That's about it. <laughs> I like it. Hey. Uh, oh, man. It's been a while. Dude, it's been a really... A long time, Mikey. Yeah, I mean, it's been... I haven't seen you definitely in, I'm going to say... Two years, at Yeah, least. I'm going to say two years. Yeah. I'm definitely going to say two years. I used to see you all the time when we worked together. Oh my gosh! Yeah, gosh, that place. Ooh, that was like blackout alley for me. Yeah. So I've worked. I Mike and I worked together about seven years ago, probably 2009. Oh my like, gosh! Back at Bar West. Yeah. Oh my goodness. There's so many nights that doesn't I it feel like a lifetime ago? It really does. Yeah, it really like a different does. person in a different life. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Do you know uh, what do you know about Bar West and working with Chris Martin? You know something about that. Um, I'm imagining it's a bit of a dark vortex right about now. On Sundays, it sure was. Yeah. (laughs) um, That's how Mike and I, we go way back. So that's the whole thing, though. Um, That was the best place ever in Pacific Beach. And Eh, it moves moves into its (laughs) while it lasted thing because it's been gone now for a little bit. And, you know, it's front page news right now, but not for all the any good reasons. But that whole like club life part of PBs essentially moved on. Right, right. I, I, and being completely honest, I loved every moment of it. I, but I was on a different, I was on a different thing. I mean, I was, I was a DJ there and, yeah. oh my gosh, it was smashing. It's something that, you know, my, my DJ background playing at Thrusters and Moondoggies and then the downtown clubs and being, you know, quote unquote the mayor of PB. Being able to take that downtown vibe and put it in PB like that, some of those nights at Bar West were just smashing. And, you know, the good sound, good good, uh, good visual. Yeah. It was solid, man. But that's the cool thing. That, that's kind of the thing that binds us. That's the thing that we do. And, it, you know, it could be any of them. It could be Flux. It could be uh, Bar West. It could be Band of Skulls at Griffin. It could be any of the last 200 shows going on at Music Box. They we sort of just have left ourselves in the sweet spot. It could be when you're DJing at thrusters. You just, what we do is not try. We're just managing crowds and managing bars and stuff like that. Everyone else is trying. They're trying to get in. They're trying to figure out what they're doing when they're getting there. They're trying to figure out where their money's going to come from. We're just the people managing and monitoring that thing. And that thing can go on to perpetuity. Thank goodness it didn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it killed us. My liver says thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not done. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I interrupt? No, no. I'm just not done doing it. I'm uh, going to do it another 20 years. Oh, you look like you've done it for 40. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> so what's going on at Music Box? Oh, so much. You never talk that about you can, Music that Box. That you can disclose. Yeah, you never talk about it on this podcast. To both the people I, listening. I, I mean, honestly, I don't have any secrets. You know, we're just... Uh, 
it's a new business, like there are always new businesses. We run a trillion concerts. We have a huge private uh, events business. Um, I've somehow or another become a, a, a segment star on morning television, something I learned from you. Um, Got to do it. Right. So I've been at you know, 5.45 in the morning uh, doing four camera shots before 8 o'clock yeah. and you know, talking about the capacity of the VIP room and how it's available for private events and things like that and just rolling with it. And um, I don't know. Uh, this past weekend we had uh, – Saturday we had Rufus to Soul. Uh, that so that show sold out in um, twenty three minutes. Twenty three. How many tickets? Eight hundred, six hundred. We sell seven hundred five tickets. Wow! And you know that's what we got. So <laughs> and pardon my ignorance, but who is Rufus to Soul? Right, it's a band in the dance world, but it's a band, and they're from Australia. So um, and they the last time they the were traditional here, band that plays dance format. Right, right. How many and, pieces? Uh, they had. Three or four, depending, and um, no drummer. So huh. the drummer was all track. But yeah. um, they played at Bang Bang the last time for 40 people. Whoa. Um, Are you familiar with them, Mike? I'm sorry? Do you know him? Are you familiar? Not previous to this booking. Uh, but then when, I remember when it, they went on sale, and then I heard that it sold out that quick. Wow. And then Aftermath, the, after the show, just seeing the Facebook posts of how many of my friends that are really involved with the scene were there. A all veritable who's who. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I, I saw was, that too in my social feed. A lot yeah. of, a lot of my, and I was know. thinking like Rufus, like, you know, from the eighties, I was like, nice booking. And you know, the whole thing is like, uh, we booked it and then we just wouldn't talk about it at all. Cause it was sold out and we were terrified. And I'll tell you why I, I worked at live nation before. And so I know the guy who had the show in Los Angeles at the Wilder. And so I was emailing with him and I'm like, Hey, so that went well. He's all, yeah, that went well. Next thing you know, the Wilder's got three shows. Wiltern has three shows. So they've got 6,500 tickets sold in Los Angeles. And I'm sitting here on my 700-ticket show going, I really hope that it doesn't get moved to Soma. Right? So that's jinx rule, right? You just don't want to talk about it. You don't want to even bring it up. You, Hey, that'll be great. We'll see you then. Just all platitude. In the meantime, uh, between the owners and myself, we have somewhere in the neighborhood of like 500 guest list requests, ticket requests, VIP requests. Did you sell all the like, VIP areas out? Uh, not just sold you know, like double crazy. over yeah, triple yeah. what yeah. the market will bear obviously i think i'm i think i coined the phrase we just want to say yes to everybody they were selling urinals like they're like <laughs> this is a private urinal this is yours no one else will pee here two thousand dollars i'll take it i'm down so um yeah dressed up showed up uh ran a show it was absolutely astonishing and the, that was saturday the congratulations friday, friday we had done another one and one that we sort of had a hand in inventing uh called dance yourself clean and um that one had sold extremely extremely well not quite sold out but just so close that it didn't matter and you know and the night before that we had a very successful run with a um random mexican metal band what right what how's that happen so it doesn't really matter. You can have something that probably came from the Cross Festival, something that probably came from a warehouse party, something that came from Tijuana, uh, something that came from World Beat Center, something that came from the old anthology. Just one night after another, they all look totally different from one another. But it's working. And, you know, We're working through 12 genres and super, super happy with uh, the fact that all of them have figured out where we're at. It's awesome. Congratulations. I'm not looking for congratulations. I'm looking no, for I'm another saying, year uh, of steady work. That's how you make money is being able to tap in all those different genres. This guy is magic. This no, guy is no. magic. He's like Gandalf. 
Is he serious? <laughs> Kind of looks like him. I don't even have to say it. <laughs> it was implied. Uh, that's well. That's your your bills are what attracted me to you without even knowing who you who you were. That's when when he got the job at Griffin. You know, post after O'Connell's, Griffin came into Bay Park, and you know the West Group owned it, and then he came in as the buyer. And I'm looking at those bills, and I'm just like, who is this? What is what is going on here? Yeah. And then I met the man. Well, can we just talk about the nights that didn't go so well at Griffin? Because that's, I mean, there's just as much of a fun story there. I've seen those there, yep. Oh, boy. I think I, I mean, was responsible for a couple of those. No, no. Actually, wow. Split Finger did well. On a Wednesday. Like, on a Thursday. It was Thursday. Uh, it was you, Thursday. And you guys were Thursday genius as far as we were concerned. Well, thank you for the compliment. I think we're a little shorter than that. But thank you. No. I'll take it. <laughs> Split Finger, on a Thursday, I saw a dude bang a chick in an open bed of a truck in the griffin parking lot that wasn't even that that wasn't even involved with us that's bay park man what do you mean <laughs> i think it was a band member oh was it oh, okay. had to be had to be a fan or a... well we're all from bay park so yeah we're comfortable right <laughs> do you still do you guys still do stuff uh i jimmy lane still plays in split finger i don't play in split, split okay. finger anymore but uh Maybe step away uh yeah yeah but jimmy's a close friend of mine and if i get any bookings anywhere that you know i, I throw them in wherever i can we just did a beach fest together so nice yeah yeah that was the amazing thing though about um griffin if um you got something great it could be super magical and everybody and their brother and all the hipsters would come down the hill from north park or whatever and hang out with us but if you didn't have anything it turned into meth fest 2012 like in a in a heartbeat exactly yeah river people Bay Park's no joke, man. Send everyone home, have Danny Barton, and let's call it a day. Right. You know, I mean, and we're not special. That's not just something that just happens at that bar. Um, Can we buy that place at one point? When I say we, I mean we. Someday. Side with, with what you. time? Is it because you live there now? You, you already went through that. <laughs> You're like, oh, hell no. Uh <laughs> Well, I, 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 I've always believed in Bay Park, and I still believe Bay Park is uh, still up and coming. Once those trolleys come in, more and more people. Right now, they're trying to shoot above the 30-foot building limit. And there's been a lot of pushback from residents on the uh, west side of Claremont and Bay Park. From, f- But there's stuff. There's, there's plans, man. There's plans in that commercial area over there. USD's coming down the hill. I'm telling you, that area is growing, man. I was... Uh at the liquor store buying beer for this thing and um there was a eight and a half by eleven white bond piece of paper that was a flyer for the new year's show at tio leo's oh yeah who was um, uh it's a band called the reflections probably doesn't quite dawn on them that that's the name of a band that's trademarked and sold a billion records but um i don't know that's a clear reason why you shouldn't buy the griffin ah you know, here it is. It's 2016, and they're advertising their New Year's show on white bond paper at the liquor store. Yeah, it's Tilly's. They got good chips and, and salsa, though. I'll yeah, give them that. They, they turned that kitchen off at 10. What are they thinking? Mm. You know, I got my fake ID taken away there when I was 19 years old. Oh, yeah? How bad was it? Uh, it was pretty gross. Yeah, and it was it was the old, the old laminated driver's license. You know, this is like 1998, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You're young. Yeah, and they they they, they bust. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah, they busted me. They're like, "This is fake," and I'm like, "You are correct, sir." I am. Um, 
was considering San Diego as a college destination, switching JUCO to college, and I was coming down for a visit from NorCal. And um, how long has that taken a wagon? <laughs> <laughs> you can't you can't leave yourself open like that. <laughs> so yeah. Um, Got down here and we're gonna we're going to all the clubs. We're going to Rock and Lobster. We don't know where we're going. We're doing this, and um, we're all nineteen with fake IDs, and their fake IDs are the worst ones. Yeah. It's just like anyone you could talk, uh, you know, a twenty six year old out of. And so the guy's name was Kevin Iannotti, an Italian name. So I'm like, hey, that works. Except he was five eleven with brown hair, and at the time I had blonde hair, and just, just a completely different thing. And so I got it taken away at the Bacchanal. Oh, Bacchanal. Nice. Yeah, when I was 19, coming down here. And I was coming down to visit San Diego State, but um, I wound up going to UCSD. And I actually looked at both of them, and like one thing doesn't seem like the other. And um, Did you major in art by any chance? You seem like an art major. What? No, and I don't understand art either. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know economics. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, got the license taken away. So I went back to the Bacchanal. And the guy was, you know, couldn't... Like the next day or that night? The next day. Yeah, daytime, daylight. Hey, man, I really need to get this thing back. Because with that thing in NorCal, I was a king. I was, you know, San Jose, mm-hmm. you know, Club Essex, the, all these like famous like mixed-age clubs that were up there. I was getting away with everything. It's like, I got to keep that thing. That's going to be hard to live without. So I went back and I talked to the guy for about 45 minutes and talked him out of the thing. Really? You got it back? I did. You didn't pay him? No. What? I didn't have any money. Wow. 19-year-olds don't have money. Should have found money. Something. Right. Handy? <laughs> no, not even handy. You are fancy. <laughs> no, that, that's not fancy. That was desperate. But um, it worked out. It was super interesting. Um, get the thing taken away. That, that night, I was somewhere else getting away with it again. So. Damn. Now, where is the Bacchanal? Like, what, what building is that, is that now? It's Claremont Mesa Boulevard. And what is the a carpet store now? What is it? What's the strip club? Because it's right across from where the cheetahs, strip, cheetahs, and then there's the sports bar right next to it. The uh, bullpen, yeah, bullpen. bullpen. So Damn. right across the way from there is that's where the Bacchanal was. And I think it's a furniture store or a lighting store or something. Like oh, gotcha. But I saw some great shows there. And so that's a club designed, owned, operated by Bob Speth, who also did Fourth and B, who also designed the um, Griffin. Wow. Before it was O'Connell's. And, uh, you know, he designed it. It turned into an Italian restaurant for a while. I actually talked to him about it. But they'd always wanted it to be a venue. And that, that was my big fact. I was running around town trying to tell people up. No one cared. But um, that's a good piece of, of history right there. So that's... Bob Speth had the Bacchanal. And I saw uh, Living Color, Archangels, Steve Jones, like all kinds of uh, shows only I care about. What there. was the capacity there? 400. 400? Oh, small space. Alice right. in Chains played there in February of 91. What? Yeah, just Google them. Oh, nice. See uh, what kind of shows they've had. Wow. Lane Staley, RIP. Chris, uh, Chrisopedia. Yeah, seriously. It's the Google. So yeah, I never, with, with a name like Bacchanal, I assumed it was a thousand capacity cathedral or something like that. I, did, I don't know, this is before my time, but 400 cap, so small little place. Right. Yeah. In a strip mall. Like next to a rug store. Yeah, there's a brewery behind there now because there's a brewery everywhere. It's like Starbucks. Beers make everything in what was normally just strip mall hell cool. So like Mira Mesa and Miramar and that whole area is cool again because of beer. Right. 
I just did a wedding at a brewery up there. I don't even remember the name of the place. I don't even know if that brewery's still there. And that was like a, a month ago. Right. But it was good. How do the how do the beer, the breweries, how do they die? How did um, Manzanita die? Manzanita died on uh, Mission Boulevard because their service was terrible. Well, that was the, uh, the tasting room. The tasting room. room. But they had a place up in Vista. They had an operation. They had bottled beer. They were distributed. Right. Uh, taps all over town. Right. How does, it, how does a beer company die? In San Diego. Like, I mean, oversaturation. I, I just thought this was Maybe. the gold rush. Yeah, well, you know, if you can't get your business straight, you know. And I had the beers and they were okay. No diss to Manzanita guys, but hey, I got a princess palette over here. <laughs> <laughs> so you're moved into your house. Yeah, it's official. And you didn't use Chris as your real estate agent. No, I didn't. Don't guilt him. I didn't. Because, well, you know, everyone's a real estate agent in San Diego. Yeah. No offense. None, none taken. But hey. Uh, no, but I, I, I used uh, I used another guy. I actually used a guy that doesn't know a lot of people in my social circles. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I got the place. I'm happy. I'm a happy man. Congratulations. Thank you. But, I mean, it's great. You got a place. But the best news is that you're done moving. Yes. Yes. We're in there. So now I'm in the, uh, the construct your garage into your jam room phase. I was pulling uh, nails out of, of freaking studs today. Do you watch any of the home improvement shows like uh, Fixer Upper? I am. I do not. I need to. I am not a handyman at all. Any IKEA furniture takes me four hours. No, and we're talking like the stop what you're doing because if you actually watch the shows, Property Brothers or Fixer Upper or any of them, it will set you back eight to ten years in your life. Oh goodness! Yeah, you you don't know what a backsplash is, do you? I haven't the foggiest. Right. Stay that way. <laughs> oh boy stay that way i pay people i pay people to yeah. do things that i can't do well that that's that's what i do right so we at one time we had at least four or five mexicans just up in the rafters and underneath the place just cleaning everything putting insulation everywhere they're not here anymore donald trump's president so much love brother somos una pobre sin frontera oyame free white people google it so what's your specialty? Do you like the really, really expensive ones or do you like to I mean, every, everybody likes the really, really expensive ones. Obviously, it's a bigger, it's a bigger payday. But um, I think if any, you would say, I like the ones that aren't a nightmare, you know, but it's, it's a big transaction so they can get, get a little hairy sometimes. And So we've just concocted a recipe for what the biggest nightmare in the world is, the really, really expensive ones who also turn out to be a nightmare. Yeah. Oh, I got questions. Yeah. Okay. So- uh, do you, uh, right now, do you have listings? Do you have homes that you're selling right now? Not at the moment. Not at the moment. No. Now, does a guy like me that wants to buy a house come to you? Is that how it works? Yeah. Or if you want to sell or buy or whatever you need. Right. Help you out. Buyers, sellers. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Uh, give us an example of uh, a property you sold in the last six months. Any and, property. Well, actually, I do have, I have some lots in Chula Vista. They're not on the market. It's like an off-market deal for the sellers. Like, you know, he wants to see what the, if he can get a good price for him. Right. Uh, so, you know, that, that stuff's fun. Is this, are these like residential or is this? They're, just, they're, they're residential. You can build houses on them. It's in Chula Vista. Uh, just a um, piece of land? Dirt. Whoa. Yeah. Interesting. In an older part of Chula Vista. See, I was Not going easy. through this whole process. I was, I was thinking about it and I was like, I could sell ice to Eskimos. Yeah. So I was like, I could do this. And then I really looked at what I, the, the questions I was asking and I realized you have to know everything from the ceiling to below the floor into the ground and the pipes. And yeah. you really have to know everything about and you, the place. And you never do. 
And as soon as you say you do, then something crops up. Yeah. Well, I think I think people can smell bullshit from a mile away. So it's okay not to know every answer. You just you know what I don't know that, but I'll find out for you. I mean, but you'll find you out. Have that's the right answer. You know the internet right here at my fingertips, and right. you know if it's easy to get the information. Right. Right, right. Um, as opposed to just bullshitting people. Now, my real estate agent, he got really lucky because I knew exactly what I want. In yeah. fact, before I even got my real estate agent, I found the property. So I was just driving around the streets of, of San Diego. I, I was doing uh, Linda Vista, Claremont, Bay Park, yeah. driving up and down blocks and just like, could I see myself here? Right. Could I live in this pocket? Is this central enough? And yada, yada, yada. And, and I found this little pocket right in Linda Vista. So was um, the house on the market or was it? And, and it was on the market. There was a there was a sign in the front that said for sale. It was a corner house. It had a view of the ocean. Like all wow. these things were just clicking off cylinders. I'm like, that's my house. And I rolled in there and uh, hopped the fence. No, I'm just kidding. I don't hop fences. I'm fat. But I just walked around the property like I own the place. And I, I fell in love with it. Then I went to pick my real estate guy. And I, I threw a small, like I didn't put it on Facebook. Because I, I want like, you know, a thousand of my friends. Right. Like holler, holler, holler. But, uh, you know, I asked, I asked, I, t- I talked to like six, seven different people um, and just, you know, some questions and this and that and how long you've been in the business. And I don't want to hire anyone that was, had not been in the business for 10 years. Yeah. That was, that was my whole thing. You have to have been in the business for 10 years. You had to have survived the crash and have that experience. Like we were talking about earlier, right. my friend who does commercial real estate survived it and now he's very successful. So I had criteria and, uh, and, I, and I found a guy and it really worked out. How was your escrow? Was it smooth? Not too crazy. Negotiation was... Dude, everything. I mean, the the house was well-kept. Very, very well-kept. So it's a 3-2, you know, three bedrooms, two baths, uh, single story, corner lot, elevated property. Um, Ended up... It was on the market for $650,000. We lowballed the crap out of them. We ended up paying five ninety. dollars um, and we went, we went through everything in that place, man. And it was well, well kept. And we've done, we've done a lot of stuff, you know, um, gosh, double pane windows, uh, How long have you been in there? Uh, five days. We, we, we got the keys like a month ago. Okay. So you're, you're moving. Oh yeah. Yeah. So we're in there now and we're unpacking. There's still a few things, you know, um, that, that we're still working on, but, uh, the whole process, it was a trip because we, ex- our offer got accepted, when Jenny was in labor with her second baby girl. Wow. Yeah. So that was, uh, oh, I'll say that'll induce labor. Yeah, seriously. She came, she slid right out. It was amazing. We'll talk about that some other time. But uh, that that was on October 4th. October 4th. So how, how long is it now? Yeah. It's been like two six months. Weeks. Yeah, two it's been, months. Yeah, six days. Yeah, it's crazy. Hey, so um, let's get a beer. We'll get right back to this. Uh <laughs> we're just uh, we're just waiting to see who's going to talk first. I'll talk first. Uh, that break was brought to you by Mike Hess. Mike Hess, thank you very much. I'm feeling good. I met Mike Hess. Is he a, wasn't he the lead singer of a, a, a punk band? Mike Ness. You're close. One oh, letter off. Damn it. Social distortion. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Mike Hess came to Music Box uh, in person. Mike to, Ness or Mike Hess? No, Mike Hess. We haven't had Mike Ness yet. We're working on that. Hmm. Uh, and... We, you know, we have floating taps like every bar does, and so one of them was a Hess, and um, he came in because he had heard that we had one of our kegs that we had had on tap for too long. I heard one of my beers is not quite up to snuff at this bar, and I want to have a look at it. I, I kind of... Like made a me, quality check it? Yeah. Made me like him. Wow. So he, there was an account... There was a keg on tap that had been there and hadn't sold out yet, and right. he showed up. The and man. he's not allowed to legally touch it because it's got to go through distribution in California, but 
Dude, like, order that's one. how adamant he the guy could order was. one and try it, right? And like, I'm, here's the the bar manager's card. Call him on his cell phone right now. If it's really important to you, we'll figure out a way for you can check anything you want. Yeah, you know. But I thought that was hell yeah, kind of hellacious. That's a big word. I gotta look that up. <laughs> so I want to own a ranch. Do you want a ranch? Like right. A, like so a dude gonna, ranch? I'm not going to move from where I'm at in La Jolla. We'll get you a couple acres out in Rancho. Right. So Rancho. And Santa Fe, not San Diego. What? Rancho Santa Fe. What? No, I was thinking Rancho San Diego. <laughs> I, I like it. Or, you know, Hamul. Some equestrian facility? Or, and you guys are all, here's my thing. Um, <laughs> what are you going to do on a ranch? Yeah. What are you going to do on a ranch? That's where all the animals will be. Ah. For the kids. How about Olivenheim? Right. That's nice. See, that's my whole point. Both of you. Rancho Santa Fe, Olivenheim, right? Yep. So, great. Everyone appears to be missing the point southward. Southward is where it's at. Benita, Chula Vista. I just took the kids down to the Chula Vista Salt Works. They're just floored by what they saw. You know, and, and I was telling you about uh, Jose and uh, Imperial yeah. Beach. You know, and mention those guys that are always talking about surfing in Imperial Beach and getting keep it a secret. Keep it, keep it a secret and don't let anyone know because there's like no one in the water. Is there a good break down there? Oh my gosh! The, I'm not a surfer. I don't know. So they're spitting sand barrels down there, which basically means it's it's a barrel that just like throws right on the sand. The problem with surfing in IB, swimming in IB, the sea lice, the Tijuana Slough dumps right into that. And that's just the worst, the worst. Like it's San Diego River magnified by a hundred. Right. Just, just, just microbes, just crawling up your pee pee hole type stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's real. In November, um, the UCSD uh, Marine Biology Department decided to put a bunch of uh, completely benign red dye into the water in Imperial Beach just to try to figure out what the tidal flow was because. They just couldn't ever predict out of the Tijuana River which way the shit was going to flow. You know, obviously, we're in the U.S., so we were hoping it flows south, but it doesn't every time. And so you could be in IB in the water and bad stuff can just go right by it. And I looked at that whole article and you could be terrified. Oh, that never happens anywhere north of IB. That's a uh, location-specific problem. But I used to surf in uh, El Porto in Manhattan Beach, in Venice Beach, in Santa Monica. Ooh. And um, the amount of medical waste and turds that I've seen in the water is just unbelievable. When you're at El Porto, you're surfing underneath the Hyperion sewage facility. Yowzers. And it's, it's unreal how bad the water is there. Are you still actively surfing? Uh, supposed to go tomorrow. How's that, how's that for activity? That's way better than me. I haven't been in like two months. I was supposed to go yesterday, and I took a look, and I said, I don't want to go. It's cold. I don't surf in the summertime. It was a, it was a high tide situation. There's a little bit of size, but not enough. And uh, I paddled an extra 60 yards in the middle of winter, and it seems goddamn cold. My problem is when I lived in PB, in between my house and the beach breaks that I'd want to surf are taco shops and bars. And I'll, I'll go in there in a wetsuit. I don't care. If I'm thirsty and I'm smelling something good, mm. I'm eating, I'm drinking. I like hey. to surf when it resembles a Corona ad. <laughs> Blue sky, warm water, warm everything. Yeah, I, I don't. That's hot. Yeah, I mean, the whole the whole thing, all my friends at UCSD, they, they were all NorCal surfers. 
So um, they were used to going Burr. Burr. cold water guys. Yeah, very cold. Yeah, north of San Francisco. Oof. And like you know, that's how you get credible. And I'm like, I don't want to be credible. <laughs> you guys can have that. You drive a wagon. You don't need to be credible. <laughs> You're hung too. You know what it is. Anyway, the um, <laughs> the winter the winter concept is a little bit lost on me at this point. So you know that probably takes any credibility I might have ever had, which was none, and removes it. But um, in the middle of summer, when the sky's blue and the water's really warm, I, I could do I could do it every day. So we tangent the shit out of you wanting to live on a ranch. And if you said I want to live on El Rancho, we would have said Chula Vista or Bonita. But you said yeah. a ranch. That's why we went north. So you want to live on a ranch. What are you going to do on a ranch? What are you really going to do on a ranch? I don't know. I'd like to actually invest in having like a decent size, you know, heirloom mansion. And either there, like we were describing in Benita, Chula Vista area, or uh, just on the other side of La Mission, halfway between Rosarita and... Um, and uh, I'm familiar it's with Lansion. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, right on the where the road turns in to go to Guadalupe Valley. Oh, have so, you guys have you guys been there by the way, Guadalupe Valley? No, but I hear it's amazing. I've yes, yeah, I've heard a lot about it. Seen a lot of pictures. I I drove my kids through it. The kids were rolling their eyes like, "When can I get back to civilization?" Yeah, you know. But um, I I want to go there for a week. Wow. Um, I definitely have fallen in love with a couple of. Uh, wines from there, obviously the the staple for us is Italians. They've got Elicetto, Nebbiolo. It's the domestic, the only Nebbiolo from the west coast of North America. Unbelievable. What is that? A white? I have no idea about a red. Wine, right? Thank it's you. It's a red. It's from. The They're same. making it down there. Yeah. Huh. No, it's, they've been making it for uh, twenty five years. Mexicans can make anything. I know. It's the quality though. Sometimes you miss in the quality, but in the Guadalupe Valley, I hear the quality is pretty damn good. It's unbelievable. Wow. I know. That's the weirdest thing that we have right now in San Diego is we have an artificial blockade that no one can explain to me ever. And it all has to do with do really, really, really localized fiefdoms. You cannot buy wine from Mexico in San Diego County. I mean, you can, but I mean, you literally got to take the third left and see a guy. You go into fifty liquor stores. Go into um, is it? A, it's a distribution thing. Like the, the one I just said. That's El, interesting. Yeah, that's what I was going to um, Nebbiolo. I can buy it all day at the Total Wine in Thousand Oaks, California, where my dad lives. But if you go to Total Wine or Bevmo or anything down here, none, huh. zero. Interesting. So like something like left over from the seventies uh, is still in place preventing what should be a renaissance in wine in right. this county. It's right. unbelievable. Every restaurant, I mean, they have whole restaurants all throughout, including in South Bay, like super famous ones. The guy who does Bracero, that where we went, you know, he has another restaurant in Javier South Placencia. Bay. Right. It specifically designed to accentuate pairings with Guadalupe Valley wines. wines. And you been to Bracero, Mike? No. It's I know so the name, good. though. So good. Wait, 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 where's that at? I know that name. Little it's, on, it's on Kettner, about a block away from Music Box. Gotcha. Okay. So it, it's not explainable at this point, like how the labyrinth, the catacomb of laws that we're like, you know, living under don't allow what should be a, a treasure, a regional, a regional treasure to be ours. So it skips Crazy. us. It skips San Diego and goes right. north. 
Right. So it's not a there can be a law out there. It just has to be some sort of monopoly that just you know elbows people out. Uh, it is a law. The law has to do with uh, the way that distribution works, like you guys were saying. Um, you can't buy liquor direct from a manufacturer. It has to go through a distributor, and the distributors won't, um, for whatever reason, sell Guadalupe Valley wines, the, the big ones, and so they block it out. Right. Doesn't make any sense. But they sell in LA. Right. Huh. Different distributors. Just distribution of alcohol is county by county. The, the big one down here is Crest. Right? I want to answer this question. I can't do it now, but I want to answer this question. Because I, 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 I see dollar bills here somewhere. And good wine. No, and I've, I've told friends that. Specialize in it. Force the issue. It's a great point of differentiation. I just went to a liquor store like you know 90 minutes ago. Um, I, I've been to 100,000 in the last 15 years. It's consistently true. And they just you know gloss over it. But I mean, it's not—it's not that easy. There's all kinds of other hardships, like Charles Shaw, Two Buck Chuck, you know, that prevent wine from getting actually judged by a consumer at any sort of level playing field. Speaking of white girl wasted, I got white girl wasted at the uh, the locals' holiday party two nights ago. What day is today? The local Wednesday. in uh... local downtown. Every year, Mina throws this this uh, this spaghetti dinner, spaghetti meatball dinner, pasta, you know, nice nice thing at the local downtown. She's been doing it since the place has been open, 13 years. And the whole thing is that uh, she wants everyone to bring a bottle of wine. Each person brings a bottle of wine. You, you sit at long tables. And everyone just drinks wine. You finish the bottle. You put a candle in the bottle. You light it. And next thing you know, there's, you know, 100 candles, you know, total yeah. fire code violation inside the local downtown. We did that. And I never drink red wine. I just don't. I just, just not my thing. I had probably myself had a bottle and a half, probably two. a little more, like two. And I was dan- a dancing fool. It was amazing. But I'm seeing guys like, you know, Vito. Uh, I can't pronounce his last name. It's too Italian for me. And then, you know, all these guys from like, you know, Shore Club, old school local guys, yeah. you know, just some, some of the older cast. Um, Gosh, Errol was there, DJ Scooter, and you know all these random people. It was wonderful, but my hangover from that red wine. Oof! I should have stuck to one or two glasses and then moved over to vodka. But uh, the moral of the story: it hurts me. That's why I don't drink it. Chris Martin, um, the whole concept is we got to get you back in the studio, and it all came from the fact that Coldplay. Yeah. Announced their show a dumbass year in advance. They and did on October the eighth, twenty sixteen. They they advertised their show for October the eighth, twenty seventeen. Where at? Sleep train. Is it sleep train? Yeah. Oh, Why would they do that? I don't know. It's a self glorification thing. You know, just a year in advance. It's what Madonna did. You know, it's what One Direction did. Wait, what's the... I'm sorry. What's the cap at, at Sleep Train? 19,000. 19,000. I could see Coldplay selling more tickets than that. Yeah, but... Not Qualcomm, huh? Uh, I don't know. That's a good point. Maybe yeah. it is Qualcomm. I thought it was Qualcomm. I would just assume Coldplay. I mean, come on. I'm the, you know when the tickets went on sale, I bought tickets. You know that. So then you should know. I'm just kidding. I didn't buy tickets. <laughs> Maybe it is. I mean, who knows? 
uh, I just I assume we only get one no matter what. We don't ever get two of anything, and that there'll be seven of them in uh, L.A. Well, so so what is it about the year in advance that you don't like? I don't know. I don't like any of it. Like, what are you going to be doing in a year? Like, why is it got to be that way? Why do you got to like <laughs> sign a contract with Live Nation to do something in a year? Like, how do you win? Uh, you win if your life cashes the lottery ticket and you're able to like easily go in a year, right? I, I wouldn't buy a ticket year in advance. I see where you're getting, but financially, does it make sense for a, a world touring act like that to do something like that? I mean, GNR didn't announce. They did, what, six months? Yeah, I mean, maybe that's not really the judgment. It just it just seems like the weirdest thing on the planet. And you see it a lot in concerts. Like I, Six months, you're right. It's a, normally you see that, and you're like, wow, six months. But some of them have just gone absolutely crazy. And before it was Coldplay, it was definitely One Direction. And it was a successful event. They did do it at Qualcomm. And sold a trillion tickets but they did all their tour they announced the entire thing like 14 months in advance right i I don't understand that i'm sure they get a certain percentage of like really hardcore fans that are going to buy right away how many of the fans were 12 and 11 months when they bought the one direction tickets and then they were 14 in one month when the show played out and they wouldn't be caught dead at the show and the dad is sitting on about a $1,100 cash loss and it's just steaming ate the tickets you know 22 pilots can't announced. put price on your children's happiness there's only 21 pilots but that is true is it 20 there's only 21 not 22 yeah, there's only 21 of them uh, they'd be a lot better if there's 22 but they announced their show way in advance too I remember that that was before Ride had really hit and that was at the uh, what the uh, VA House Arena, yeah, yeah. And they did they did a long one before that. Because remember, I wanted to buy some tickets, and I slept on it. Then ride hit, and it was sold out. And that was it. Yeah, the guy who um, runs the Arena Theater uh, started working with me at uh, Music Box, and um, he's probably the only witness in town that um, I did the first Twenty One Pilot show in San Diego. Really? Yeah. And where was that? At Irenic. You did that there? I did it. Oh. And it didn't sell out. <laughs> no, because that was before. Well, there's a lot of reasons. I mean, but just one of those things. But it was already something then. Like It was, you know, everyone who knew was crazy that it was going to happen. Right. Um, the show was great. Uh, really good-sized crowd there. What year was that? 2013. It was a Griffin Presents. Yeah, something along those lines because we did it together and put the ad in did the whole thing oh trip out man yeah cool. we did the first one we had but uh, 94.9 snaked us they did a, one of their loud lunches with 21 pilots it didn't ask anyone and like the show wasn't sold out like they shouldn't have been doing it uh, typical ah so like whatever 14 18 months later they're doing House of Blues and then uh, Open Air and now Viejas and like that. Massive. Yeah. Killing it. Nerdcore. When are you uh, change up? To, when are you going to have a, do you have a Bowie tribute at Music Box? You know, we you have did one, of those? one in January, right? And it wasn't really planned that way, but it wound up being right then. How cool. were they? They were great. It was great. People were freaked out. They're supposed to be, everyone in town is supposed to do one on the 8th of January. There's a, a national tribute day. Oh, Wow. So everyone who has a stage is Are you going to do, do one? Probably not. 
Seo George just did a tribute, Bowie tribute, at the Balboa Theater. That did was you go? Two weeks ago. I didn't go because I've got two kids in a new house. Right. I ain't doing shit. I'm doing this podcast. Clark, he's Clark Griswold. This is my this is my this is my land speed record right but here. His tribute was to the Life Aquatic, but it was all David Bowie covers. So you had the uh, the all the visuals were all Life Aquatic, and then everything he played was David Bowie. Nuts! Amazing, right? David Bowie in Portuguese. <laughs> Weird. Yeah, yeah. That was a big night. Um, I went and saw Doyle Bramwell at the Casbah. Ooh, and. Uh, uh, there was a good show at the Lee Belly Fields. Up. Lee Fields, right? There was a good show at Belly Up too, and yeah, I, and I stayed at the Casbah till like one in the morning. It was nuts. Drinking PBR? Uh, no, Jack and Coke. Ooh, that's ooh. what you do when you when it's black. It's black. Is that what it is? That's right. <laughs> that's a that's a Lemmy now, Jack and Coke. A Lemmy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Another R. one we lost in the last twelve months. Dude, it's rough year for music. Very rough year. Very rough. <laughs> Um, Chris, are you going to box again? No, I'm retired. You're retired? Yep. What's it going to take to get you back in the ring? Nothing. I'm done. God, I Don't fuck a... up that pretty face, dude. That's not pretty. I'd hit it. All uh, those... <laughs> and I'm not talking about boxing. All those uh, promoters that have been through Flux and came to us at 4th and B are starting to hit us up at Music Box to do a uh, fight there. And there's a couple of variations. We could do one inside the club, which I think is too small for that. But they mm. have also talked about uh, closing down the street and doing a... You need a thousand cap at least for right, that. Right, right. Um, but there is the benefit, though, that it would be like Mad Max in the Thunderdome. Yeah. You could, like, an octagon with three levels and people yeah. standing right over you and screaming and yelling and going crazy. That that 500, you could probably get 100 bucks a head for. And it might be super interesting. And you know, So there, there's some momentum no, to do it. I'm not boxing anymore. But not to try to entice you to do it, but just those were the stories I was telling. Uh, being at Flux and seeing the guys who probably shouldn't have been in the ring just get destroyed. Yeah. And the the kid from um, the Hard Rock Hotel uh, get so completely knocked out that he woke up maybe six minutes later. That was dangerous. I never saw any of that. Never went to one of them. So it's, people, it's a great event. People I mean, were getting knocked out? There's been a couple knockouts. I mean, it's it's pretty rare. Right, um, it's usually stoppages. They they err on the side of caution. Um, oh. But sometimes there's surprises. Big gloves, headgear. It's you know the, the odds of getting knocked out um, are slim, but it can happen. Right, you know um, you hit that button. Yeah, you get that that chin. Yeah, but uh, it's a great event. It's fun. Yeah, it was really fun. I watched those, a bunch see of those them. people. You know, put themselves out there on that stage. Right, and, you know, because they're really amateur 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 boxers but they're gonna fight for a thousand people yeah pretty cool oh my gosh and it's co-ed and, and they know you know they know a lot of the people they're not strangers like you know, oh yeah you get in the ring you're like oh man i know all these people oh and it was like what we believe and uh errol yeah oh my gosh yeah i i wanted to go to that but it's, I, it's, a, it's been a great event um there's some more in the works i mean they're, they're you know uh rudy's working on the next one. Oh, i love rudy that's a very positive man right there yeah so if you see one happening at Music Box, it's because it's uh, all the old people from 4th and B decided they, they've discovered the place and they want to try to pull one off. So it'll be like a golden ticket one. They've got people on the stage in their configuration. and people I, mean, well, I can help door. you pull that off. You want to have the conversation. Hey. Absolutely. Hey, you More, know what? I mean, fuck your agenda. <laughs> <laughs> no agenda. It's not an agenda. It's just shit I found on the road. Do you, you, know, uh, like, let's do you go still do have that an, too. Do you still have an affiliation with Flux? 
No. I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm good friends with those guys. Of course. Um, and, um, but no work? Nothing? No. No? Uh, how long has it been since you've left the, uh, the, the, the bar nightclub industry? January. So a year. Oh, it's been Cre- a year. Creeping up a year. That's wonderful. Yeah. It feels, uh, feels weird. You know, well, well, I've, I've, for the most part, I've left. Um, do you, the, you don't DJ clubs? No, no, no. no. I'll do two hundred seven at the Hard Rock okay. every, um, maybe once a month. But you're not doing the sidebars. I'm not. No, I'm not doing the circuit, and um, it's a change. Yeah, it's it's a change, and and you know, one of the things that that the well, the first thing I noticed is I don't see the people anymore. Right. Because I only see the people at the venue. I was either at or before or after you know so so if and when i show up like perfect example at the local for their christmas party they're like dude where have you been man i haven't seen you, you disappeared i went to the west end with that guy and it was like somebody saw bigfoot <laughs> and there was like a group of like seven people around him like doing crazy tribal dances <laughs> that that happened that really happened <laughs> the west end yeah yeah yeah, yeah they've had face paint and everything it's crazy when were you guys at the west end Oh, we, that's our that's our meeting spot. That's well, a, it was because <laughs> we almost we were we were pretty much neighbors. We lived like five blocks, four blocks away from each other. Right, very close. Get some Oscars. Go to West End. Yeah. Oh goodness gracious. Went on a bike ride or two. Did we? Yeah, but he uh, remember that. Oh, whoa, that's right. Yeah, yeah, like an elephant man. You remember everything. This guy can remember names. Yeah, from he's, back good. In the he's 80s. got a good memory. I have a terrible memory. That's so bad. I'm like a pack night club one in one out. I have a terrible memory. I'm. <sighs> they got to they got to do something about cognitive de- degeneration before I get old because I'm I'm screwed. I'm convinced. It's yeah, it's coming. I'll take that chip. You know, you guys watch uh, Westworld because that's I haven't watched it yet. I watched an episode, the first episode, and it, it looked really interesting. I was at home for the holiday, uh, not the holidays. I was visiting my family, and it was really loud. I couldn't hear the show. Right. I'm like, this looks really interesting. Yeah. And now that everyone's finished, and they're, like, freaking out, yeah. saying this is, I- I'm trying to start it again. Okay, this is our homework for us three, because we're going to do this again sometime, the three of us. We all have to go jump on the Westworld bandwagon, because Fred's on it. There's, like, nine of them, right? Nine or ten? Yeah, they had a season. People are saying like the best thing ever. They love it. They love it. It's like the they're, whole. They're saying it rivals, uh, you know, some of the best shows ever. What is it? The, the, is it synchronicity? What do they call it? Synergy? No. What is it? When when the the artificial intelligence starts uh, reproducing and you know humans are fucking robots and everyone. I guess that's a real concern of like some really smart people. Is that once we figure out artificial intelligence and that AI figures out that. We're, we're kind of pointless and it can reproduce itself. Oh, yeah. What does that mean for humans? Yeah, Matrix. It's a redo. You know that, right? What? Westworld. Uh, yes. Go ahead and, and go ahead and uh, poo-poo it. Go ahead. Yeah, do it. No, no. Nothing negative. No, no, no. In, uh, it's a reboot? Yeah. In uh, 1972 when I was 46, um, <laughs> there was a movie called Westworld and um, it was about a theme park and the theme park uh, was... Was a bunch of um, robots, and the, they went haywire and started killing the guests. Right. And so you'd, you'd go pretend like you're a cowboy and shoot the robots. And well, they were the look. cowboys, and you were. It was like a dude ranch with robots where it all went wrong. Right. Right. That stuff's scary to me. I was on the Bo show, and he, and, and Bo and I, we we we've had our we we disagree on a lot of things, but one of the main things was is is a uh, first first shooter games right i've i've made comments before about how i feel like it, if an unbalanced person does the first shooter game they can fantasize about it and they end up you know in the theater shooting people um so him and i disagreed on that but the, the conversation went further than that and we talked he brought up Westworld, and, and he brought up a bunch of other stuff and he's like i'm ready for it 
I'm like, what are you ready for? He's like, I'm ready for, you know, I want the chip. I want the chip that they put in the back of your head that makes you remember every single name of every single person you ever met in your life. Yeah. You could instantly speak Chinese and everything like that. You know, the whole Matrix thing. And yeah. I, I am not ready for that. I want nothing to do with that. They, uh, they, there's already a pill that sort of rivals the limitless situation from the movie. Um, I definitely am deep in the weeds in knowing that Joe Rogan def- has a couple of rejuvenation things that he's investing in that he's heavily into and has talked about a bit and involving some German doctors. The Regenikine stuff. Right, exactly. Yeah. That they're, they're, That is definitely happening. And we should not take any comfort in it because what if it's false hope? And maybe you, if you're really worried about how forgetful you are, should like get out some Spanish language tapes and redouble down on a foreign language because that's, that's you know rudimentary. That's going to help you the most. But all that stuff, that's exactly where I think every day. Like, you know, here we are. None of us is really 30 anymore. It's, it's time to, like, figure all that stuff out. Like, you know, what's living next year going to look like uh, physically, mentally, spiritually? How are you going to do all that? You can do it with the rudiments, lift weights, work out every day, learn a foreign language, keep your brain, you know, acute. But if any of those things ever did come out, I would take all of them. Oh, really? You'd be a vampire, huh? 1,000%. Oh, goodness gracious. Put me down. <laughs> when? Put me down. Put, put you down when? I want a good 70 years. If I hit 70, I'd be so happy. I didn't think I'd live past 24. 70 years is good for me. I'm going to go with the Fidel 90. Dang. we got to think about... And he's I mean, a tall guy too. Where's where's the state of medicine going to be in thirty years? Oh, they're, they're going to keep you. Where's the technology? Like by the time you're getting up there, like medicine's going to be crazy. See, I don't. I'm worst case scenario because because you're, you're absolutely right. In thirty years, you know, like gonna, when when you say, "Oh, I want to live to 70, you say that thinking about the state of medicine today, right? right? right. Not the state of medicine then. Where like, oh, you need a new whatever. We'll just put that in. We because we we get those. We grow them. Not a big deal. Yeah, like not a problem. See, my thing is, is that where's the state of the world going to be? True. In that long, and I mean, you look at now with um, with your generation, the uh, what were those called, the baby boomers? They're all. <laughs> I had a good joke and I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're uh, you know, the, the, the audience of four can't see you pointed at me. <laughs> Tell us about the Great Depression. It was implied. Uh, <laughs> what you know? What what? If if you start saving everybody. And everyone lives longer. There's too many people. And we're having so many kids. And, you know, we're going to get to that tipping point, and if we're not already in 2016, of where this planet can no longer support us, and we got to make the jump. we got to go. Meanwhile, people are trying, you know, like private, privatizing space travel. we got to make the next jump from this rock to the next. And we don't even have a habitable planet. The entire planet's population could live in the state of Texas. If there was no war and no money involved. In utopia, if everybody could just be cool. In utopia, just be cool. Not that cataclysmic quite yet. Just telling you, I think we're pretty close though. I feel like we're close. I don't. I'm not a scientist, and I'm not. You know, I don't know. I'm not. Look, if we're if we're talking about longevity, I mean, Freddie, if there is a Freddie, has us beat by leaps and bounds. Oh yeah, you're in pretty good shape. Um, I'm all right. You're in pretty good shape, but we're all big. Right, I'm a and large mammal. These people that are going to live 90 easily are going to be BMI 95. Well, I, I, I think it'll probably come more down, come down more to 
your abil- your uh, financial ability. Yeah, there'll be Once, that. 50 years from now. Right. You know, right. it's not about are you, you know, part of it will be do you have the money to pay? Can you f- afford to live longer? Can you do you want to do you want to have the brand new whatever? Do you have the money? Yeah. But some part of it is just the physiology of I, I weigh 250 pounds. And that's going to work against me no matter what. There's no way around it. Like a lot of these, people, I got you beat, and I feel you. I'm right. falling apart. And it doesn't really matter what you think and how well you live if you're in the BMI 130 yeah, no, percent category. When I trouble. say that, I, I don't say you specifically. Just more of um, if you look at our age group, there's no reason people in our age group shouldn't live longer than people now with the the the, the rate that technology is going to advance in the next 30 years. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Not specifically to Mike or you. Right. No, I didn't take it personally. I'm just, that's the big hardship. I can't stop going to Oscars. <laughs> At all. Well, yeah. What are you going to get? You're going to get some uh, cesium, cesium 32 from uh, Fukushima over there. You're going to get a hot particle. Mm, so good. With your, yeah. Those hot products. Those hot particles taste so good. But you're going to get one of those stuck in it and you're going to get uh, colon cancer. Well, guess what? In 30 years, they're going to have a thyroid cancer cure. So you'll be okay. You live longer. Yeah. That terrifies The Cubans me. got the lung cancer vaccine, right? Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah. I mean, I don't know the details on it. Just And it's not in the Western world. Why? Because they can't make money off it. They don't want the cure. Huh. <laughs> they don't want the cure. They got cigars and a cure for lung cancer. Communism. Bl- bless them. <laughs> oh, great. Now we have three listeners. <laughs> now we have three listeners. Chris Martin, thank you so much for coming out. We would absolutely love it if we could talk you into doing this at least once every three years. <laughs> if we make it that long. No, I'd love to do it again. Um, well, I, I can't believe you're just showing up unrehearsed. It's been forever since you've done this. Yeah. and just dropping science. So I don't good. have any science. No, that's good. All I know, the only science I know is bro science. <laughs> Well, you're nailing the shit out of it. I know bro science. That's about it. Uh, Joe's going to post the links to some of those uh, podcasts that you mentioned, and I'm going to go do my homework and listen to them. Uh, you should start listening to something. I do. I have to. I, you it's know. the best. In all your free time. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, uh, yeah. But that's <laughs> FYA. That was Chris Martin. It's a, a reunion edition of Not That Chris Martin, and uh, maybe we'll try to get some Dan Brozo and some uh, Andy Boyd activity in That'd that. Be amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Square the circle. FYA, see you next time.